for some, this gathering of having two locations now, one online and one in person, this day could not have come fast enough. But for others, I happen to know that this particular day, well, it's still too soon. There's still a lot of questions being asked about what is safe in order for us to gather together in person. And so I want you to know that between those two perspectives, neither are wrong. And that's why we've moved to an online campus and an in-person physical campus. One church, two locations, so to speak. One online and one right here at 1275 Spencerport Road. And our services, they're going to continue online. We're working on upgrading our stream quality so that we can be able to see what is happening on live. Right now, this is going to be recorded ahead of time and streamed out over the weekend as the, uh, to the online campus. And we hope to upgrade our equipment and be able to stream live what we see in person. And we hope to work towards that. But we're going to continue our online campus and our online services will continue online. And even now, as we're meeting in person, those aren't going to stop. And we're going to keep facilitating meaningful ways for people to connect in caring relationships, uh, whether that's online through Zoom and digital means, or whether that's in person with others in a safe and respectful way. And what I want you to know about the way that you feel about gathering in person or gathering online and what's best, what's safe, it's okay to have strong feelings and preferences. But it's also correct for us to set aside those strong preferences and those strong feelings and passions and opinions in order to love one another, in order to care for one another. You see, over these last few weeks and months, we've seen that people's preferences have really risen to the forefront, so much so that Putting aside our feelings and our preferences, it seems like a rare occurrence these days rather than the norm for God's people. And it's critical that we do so. Why is that? Because of something greater, greater than we could possibly imagine, or rather, someone greater. We read this in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And to, to walk in this manner, in a worthy way, with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So today, we are jumping into a five-week series called Missing Church. It's a series that I've borrowed with permission from my good friend, Bo Eckert. Bo is the lead pastor at Calvary Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He and I did uh, doctoral studies together in preaching the literary forms of the Bible, and we currently serve together with Crosstalk Global, uh, the ministry that I've told you about that equips biblical communicators all around the world. And 
He preached this series for the same reason that I want to share this series and these ideas with you as well. Because I think the idea, that, the, the things that we're going to talk about in Missing Church, this series, I think it, it hits the head on something that the church today needs to remember in light of what we're walking through, in light of what we are dealing with in our lives and wrestling with in this day. And when I say the church, I mean you and me. And here's sort of the basic premise, the question that comes out of this series. Have you been missing church? Have you been missing church? And how you answer that question has everything to do with what you think about at the very root of who you are when it comes to church. You see, the question, have you been missing church, is actually like, Word association. You know what word association is, don't you? Of course you do. You know that it's, uh, when I say the word cat, you're likely to say dog. Or when someone says the word moon, you might say the word sun or light. And those things immediately come to mind. And the question, have you been missing church, serves The same function. It reveals what we really want, what we really desire, what we really have to have in church for it to be church for us. But there's a challenge, especially when people disagree with what that answer is. And they raise different preferences, when they raise different opinions. It might be that perhaps. You and I are missing what church is really all about. Are we missing church? You see, what might be happening is that we're, we're out of alignment. We live in New York State. We know what it's like to have a car that goes out of alignment. We've got our steering wheel at the correct position, hands on 10 and 2, it's straight, and we start to drive and accelerate, and all of a sudden our car just veers off to the side, and it just you have to fight it in order to keep it going straight. We know what it's like when an instrument in a, in a band or maybe a, a worship team, that it goes out of tune. And you can hear that something's out of alignment, something's out of tune, and something's missing. And it becomes very, very difficult to walk in this unity of the Spirit, in the bond of peace. And so, there's a question that we have to ask, is are we missing church? As a pastor, one of the things that I wrestled with during our time of meeting online only, was that there started to be a feeling arise in me that said when it came back to to meeting together in person, I didn't really miss that. I enjoyed services online for a time more than I enjoyed meeting in person. And it's not that either are right or wrong, but when I said I want this more than this, it started to make me realize that I might be missing church. And if you're like me, there are times in life when we need to get an alignment. When different things creep into our lives, we 
take things for granted. We take assumptions for granted that everything is this way. And we assume that our preferences are aligned with what God's reality is. So, we want to go forward over these next few weeks and be reminded and really lean into what the church is really all about so that we're not missing church. We want to take the next few weeks, talk about what the church should really be about, and I hope that it challenges all of our perceptions. Some of our uh, perceptions and challenges us to really think about why am I missing church? What am I missing about church? And do I need just a small alignment? Because we want to be aligned with what the church should be. And we need to make sure that we're aligning ourselves to a biblical view of the church. Sometimes we assume that we have a right view of the church and that we should then try to align what other people say and sometimes what Scripture says as well. And so today, my whole goal is to just give an introduction to what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks. Let's get a little picture of what the church really should and can be. And to do that, we need to see the church in a context larger than our experiences. We need to see the church larger than just our combined experiences of what we have experienced together. And we need to see the church in a larger picture than all of the churches that we've experienced and read about combined. One of the big reasons that we miss church is because we fail to see how big it really is in the story of history. In the big, big story. And so to show you how big the church really is, I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 11. And it's here we read this. Therefore, remember that formerly... You who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. This is what you were. But now, in Christ Jesus, You who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Who has made the two groups one. And has destroyed the barrier. The dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself One new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace, peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and 
prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Church, what I want you to get with this passage today is this idea of not only where you've come from, what you were like before Jesus, and now who you are because of Jesus, but how big this story really is, because it started far before Jesus. In other words, the church that we're missing is bigger than you could possibly imagine. It was brought together. The church was brought together by God for God. You see, from the very beginning pages of Scripture, we see that humanity was broken. Humanity was broken by sin, broken in their relationship with God, broken in their relationship with each other. And God put in place a plan that would fix it all. And it started off with a great man named Abraham. And God told him just a promise. I'm going to build a great nation out of your descendants. And he did. The nation of Israel. And from that great nation would come a great savior. Jesus Christ. And from Jesus comes his great church. Where now it's not about being of a particular bloodline or being of a particular nation, but that anyone, anywhere, at any time when they come to Christ become part of this church. They're brought near to God, built on the foundation of both the apostles and prophets. They're reconciled to God. And by extension, reconciled to each, to each other. We are His body. His body. His people, his church. And what you and I need to recognize is this. It is God's church. That's how big it is. That the church is not defined by my experience, but by what God has experienced. That's how big the story of the church really is. And that means that when people look at the church, they shouldn't just see us. They should see God, the fullness of Jesus in our midst. You know, we, we know this because when our kids are first born, people come and they, they look at the baby and they say, oh, look, he's. He's got his mother's eyes. Or look, she's got his, his father's smile. We're supposed to look like the one that created us. We're supposed to look like the ones who, who gave birth to us, who combined their DNA. We're supposed to take on their characteristics. And the same is true for the church. We should look like God because the church belongs to God. It is His. It is his plan. He did it for us to bring us to Him. And He's been doing it since the beginning time. You know, sometimes when we miss church, I think it's built on this one 
subtle misalignment in our thinking and in our lives. We make church about what we enjoy rather than what God enjoys. That takes us out of alignment. But we don't get to take something that doesn't belong to us and do with it whatever we want. I don't get to walk into your house and redecorate. I don't get to walk into your kitchen and say, ah, those plates in the cabinets, they're in the wrong spot. They need to be where the bowls are and switch them all around and you have no say. Of course not. It's your house. I can't do that. I can't walk over to your favorite family picture and say, no, it's a wrong family picture. We should put up this picture. We should put up this artwork. It would look better here and start rearranging how you've decorated to be rude, to be insulting, to project what I enjoy and my preferences on the owner of the house. Church is God's. And so in order to begin the alignment that you and I need to have when it comes to what we enjoy about church, what we think about when we think of the question, are we missing church, is this. It's God's. And in other words, I need to realign what, God, what I think and what I enjoy to what God thinks and to what God enjoys about His church. Church is brought together by God for God. And He's been building it far longer than you and I have been alive. It is the story of history. It belongs to Him. And so I hope this introduction kind of gives you an idea of where we're going because we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks about the things that God enjoys, the God, that God thinks about when it comes to His church. We're going to talk about God's promise, His promise for the church. We're going to talk about His priority of the church. We're going to talk about His people in the church, whether they're online or in person. And we're going to talk about His purpose for the church. It's His. It belongs to Him. So we're going to bring our minds and our hearts hopefully into alignment, whether we're really out of alignment and not really roadworthy at all, or whether we just need a minor tweak in our thinking, our behaving, in our enjoyment, so that we truly become part of the big picture that God Himself is painting. So here's a couple of questions for you as we close. You'll get a chance to ask them with your growth group this week. You'll get a chance to ask them if you're meeting uh, with your family and friends online. Uh, you can ask them as the service closes today. And the key to these questions before I even ask them is simply this. You just need to be honest with yourself. Be honest in sharing. Don't try to say, well, here's what I believe. But no, here's what I've been thinking. Here's what I've been feeling. So, question number one. What comes to your mind when you hear the word church? You may be for the church. You may be against the church. You may have feelings about the church. What comes to your mind? Play that game word association that we did earlier. You don't have to choose any of the answers I chose. You could uh, use other examples, other things that come to your mind immediately. But what comes to your mind when you hear the word church? Second question, again, the key to be, is to be honest. Second question is this. How have you been missing 
church. The church is bigger than we could possibly imagine. It is for and belongs to Him. Let me pray for you. Jesus, would you, over these next few, beginning today, begin to stir within us and remind us and realign our hearts and minds to the bigness, the enormity, enormous size, scope of what you are building, of what you are doing, of the story that you are telling your story in the church. It is yours. It belongs to you. And would you begin to realign as we begin this, this new phase even in our church history of, of two locations, one online, one a physical campus, that we're still your church. And would you begin to realign our lives and our feelings about what we enjoy to make sure that they are in line with what you enjoy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.